And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's version of the Soul Survivor Podcast. My name is Dylan Bird, here along with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. We are here to uh, recap episode six of Survivor season 41. That was an episode that I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that before. And, and we were just talking about this before, you know, an episode where there is no vote out, despite there not being some kind of, you know, somebody quitting the game or somebody having to be medevaced. It was definitely a weird circumstance. It was definitely one that seemed like it should have been a double episode. But nonetheless, here we are. I thought it was a very, very good episode uh, tonight. How are you, Ryan? What were your thoughts on the episode? And yeah. I'll say that was an episode. It happened. Um, there's a there's a lot to go over. I'm still <laughs> collecting my thoughts. Um, I, I, I Before the podcast, actually, I don't know if I should re- reveal this. We actually did rock, paper, scissors to determine whether we should go live or not. And Dylan won, and he said we should we should still go live anyway to go. No one went home, but we should still go live to cover the episodes. <laughs> that, that, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I there was there's so much to talk about in this episode. This is one of those episodes. Now, usually what we've been doing is we've been just kind of going by, you know, the the vote first we talk about and then kind of go chronologically. Um, but tonight I feel like it kind of lends for a perfect opportunity to go chronologically uh, and just talk about every single thing that happened in this episode from start to finish. Do you agree here? Sorry, I was responding to somebody in the chat. Uh, what, what were you saying? All right. So I was saying that I think that we should just go chronologically tonight because um, it, it just like there was no vote. So usually we start with the vote, but I think tonight we should definitely go chronologically. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Because um, like, like you already said, it, it makes more sense, especially this episode makes more sense to go in order. So right, right, for sure. All right. So let's get right to it here. Let's start from the beginning. Now, first, before we get started, as always, just want to remind everyone to smash the like button. Just wanted to remind everyone to subscribe to this channel. I want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, all our other platforms, anywhere else you might listen. We are everywhere. Uh, be sure to leave us a five star rating review. We got another five star rating this week, Ryan, uh, from I Love believe it. it was Megan. So thank you, Megan, for that you know great five star review. We really, really appreciate it more than you know. Now let's get right to it because there's so much to talk about. So we start off. Tonight's episode, episode six at UA, and that is right off the genie vote. We have two members left of UA at this moment, Shan and Ricard, arguing over the extra vote. Once again, should Ricard give it back to Shan? Should Ricard not give it back to Shan? This was, you know, a moment where, again, it, it was a little uncomfortable. You, you know, you felt the tension beginning the rise. It's like that power struggle between Shan and Ricard, and that alliance is seemingly growing and growing every episode. I think it's only a matter of time before they go, they're on opposite sides and they are going against each other. I think this basically set up that they probably will not go to the end together, as we probably thought a few weeks ago. Um, and I don't know when the Shan and Ricard clash will be. But it's going to happen at some point. And we'll go more into this as the episode um, progresses. But I, I, listen, I still love Shan. I want to preface it by saying I, I still think Shan is one of my favorites to watch, both as a player and as a character. I think she is playing well overall. And um, the edit shows her in a good light. That being said, I think we've seen actually a couple unforced errors from Shan tonight. A bit of sloppy play. I'm not a fan of a couple things she did. One that we'll see later. But I guess, Dylan, I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. I feel like this is just a an argument that just keeps going in circles, mainly because Shan keeps bringing it up. And Ricard keeps saying, I will give it back to you at some point. But Shan, 
I guess, can't leave well enough alone and says, no, I need to just make sure one last time I'm going to ask, will you give it back? And Ricard's on one side saying, like, if we're a final two together, it shouldn't be a big deal. We're using this as a pair. I will give it back to you, but you need to have a lot of control in this relationship, which I'm not a fan of. And then Shan's like, but it's technically mine, so you have to give it back. And I'm getting wary that you're not sticking to your word. This just keeps going in circles, Dylan. So I think what what is kind of bothering me about Shan right now, and I, I like Shan. I think she's a great character. But what is bothering me is that she kind of tasted what it is to you know, blindside somebody. Uh, she kind of tasted what it is to be the most powerful person in the game right now. And it is, seems like she's just, she's so power hungry right now. She's striving to have all the advantages in her power. And she's not exactly thinking of that, you know, social game that she, I, I want to say, I don't want to say social game because her social game has been incredible. She's not exactly thinking long-term here. Um, and I think that she's kind of, her social game is kind of taking a turn possibly compared to what it was at the beginning, because she's so focused on, you know, obtaining all these advantages and being the most powerful person in the game, where technically she should be taking a step back. Um, and again, we don't really get too much of this, you know, for the rest of this episode for a lot of different reasons, but I think that this is kind of hinting at maybe she could be the great player who just gets a little bit too power hungry in the end. That's kind of what it's like. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so we'll see what happens with the merge. Obviously things could change, but she's going to need to scale back just a little bit. Uh, and I, and I actually think she made a few good moves to do so, but we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, I would say, just to wrap that up, uh, I think through her social game, the fact that she made it through four tribals, she didn't get a single vote. Everybody that's left the game in post-game interviews has said Shan and I were like the number, like final two, final three together. She clearly has a very strong social game. And the way that she was able to get JD out shows she has great powers of persuasion and manipulation. So I think that, you know, it's still too early to say we're only on episode six. But Shan is already a great player in the new era of Survivor, and I want to see what happens with her. I hope she does win and, go, and goes far. I just feel like this is showing us that I want to see how Dylan, she competes with those at her strategic level. Because she clearly was able to run laps around JD and Jeannie and Brad, which is fine. Because if you can outplay those players, that, that's what you should be doing as a good player of the game. But clearly Ricard is way smarter than the rest of them are. And he's not going to fall for the same stuff. And you trying to get the advantage back is not going to be as easy for him because he's going to see right through it. Like day one, he saw right through JD trying to make relationships. So she has to just be very wary of Ricard at this point. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But let's move on here because we're going to get right back to this a lot later. We got Yase Tribe, the Yellow Tribe, where, you know, Liana says, you know, they're acting like they're a four-person group. But maybe, you know, things aren't as good as you would have thought. With Yase, um, you know, Xander is a little bit threatening to everybody just because he does have those two advantages. He has the idol. He has the extra vote. Liana says she's not afraid to, you know, possibly take his <laughs> take his advantage later in the game. She's not afraid to turn on Xander. Um not much there. Just thought it was a little interesting note. And again, well, as we said, Ryan, and as we predicted on a superlatives episode a couple of weeks ago, they're slowly starting to creep Liana more and more into the strategic talk to the point where by the end of this episode, she was basically at the focal point of it all. So I do like the way Liana, you know, is positioned in this game. And again, we're going to talk about it in more detail later, but this was basically just the start of that in this episode. Yeah, I, I think we said this a few weeks ago. They wouldn't have shown us that confessional where Liana is regretting keeping Xander in the game um, if it didn't have an impact later on. Also because she missed the advantage, the uh, beware advantage at her feet that Tiffany went to the island at night. But um, I just think that that was just showing us, you know, even back then, Liana is, is going to have a more 
have a bigger role in the story than we, what we've seen thus far to that point. So I'm really excited that we are seeing more of Liana. She is young. You know, she obviously like Xander and JD is one of the youngest ones on this um, season. And we talked about Dylan many times, even before the season that we typically see that those who are younger don't have as much life experience and they might be uh, very gullible as we saw with JD, but clearly Liana is a, a, a bit wiser beyond her years. And I think she can be a force in this game if certain things fall her way. So I'm excited to see Liana now that we're in the merge portion of this game. Yeah, I do completely agree with you there. Uh, now let's go to Luvu where, you know, Nasir was kind of, you know, bring it back to uh 2006 survivor where he's like oh six luvu final six like come on the seer come on we know we love you but look we know that's not gonna happen i thought that was pretty hilarious um you know it, it's just like um there was there was so much you know there's so much to love with this year i think part of it is just he's yeah. a great character but also like he he loves the game so much and i think that like he's also naive at the same time so it makes it pretty hilarious is like yeah. i think he's you know like to think that luvu's going to go luvu 6 is kind of wild so i thought that was pretty funny um but look luvu seems to be a focal point and again we're going to get to that later but you know nothing much in that scene now we get to the part where you know the tribes are apparently think they're going to emerge and jeff goes on you know breaks the fourth wall for the first time in a while and starts yeah. telling and starts telling us about some twist that he made sound way more complicated than I think it actually was, but he basically went on a 30 minute, conf uh, 30 second confessional. I had no idea what he, was, what he was talking about. I was trying to follow it. I had a few tweets going, you know, I was like trying to figure it out, you know, like that gif. Um, but you know, in reality, I think this was a, so we'll see what happens next week, but I think it was potentially a solid merge twist that I think may have been explained a little bit too too you know they made it sound a lot more complicated than i think it actually was it kind of was what i it kind of was what i sort of predicted last week i don't know if you remember um but i said i thought that they were going to have some kind of split believe some people out possibly and then those people go to tribal or like those people are safe i kind of thought that that was going to happen but i think they made it sound a little bit more complicated than it actually was but i think i like it depending on what happens next week yeah i um we're, we're going to talk about it, and I have, a, I think, the opposite reaction of you on this twist. But no, Jeff really made every Survivor fan's heart just drop when he says, well, two things. Number one, this is a non-elimination episode, and we're all like, oh, come on. Like, we, we tune in every week to see who goes home so we can not only discuss it, but you know, analyze it as fans. But not only is it non-elimination – this is going to be a twist that may quote ruffle feathers. And we were just like, Jeff, don't, don't do this to us. Like we had two great episodes back to back with JD's boot and Jeannie's booth. They were two really good episodes that were not advantage centric. It was all about the players and the gameplay. And we loved it. Don't take us back to, you know, heavy advantages, heavy twists. So we'll see how the, how this shakes up. I do think this was a, like Jeff said, a very historic, and major twist for the merge that are leaving i saw on twitter many people are very split on it yeah again i think that as long as it doesn't result in some in it backfiring and somebody that shouldn't go home going home um i think it'll be okay again that could happen next week because of all the because this erica twist um but ultimately i think that it's not screwing anyone over too much to the point that it's unfair that's what i'm gonna say so far I, again i know that erica could switch up the results completely but if you're in the proper social spot you should be able to get it, get yourself out of that even if it's twisted towards you so that's kind of how i feel on it I, I this this may change completely next week for me my opinion may change there have been many twists um, that i've been there have been many i, think, I could i'm not gonna say if i could think of one scenario where if it happens you would be your your tune would completely switch <laughs> there, there are many twists that i have not liked this season this is one that i'm 
cautiously optimistic we'll be okay. Well, yeah. let's put it that way for now. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, let's still, let's dive into it basically just be, in case people either forgot or they couldn't follow it because Jeff was talking crazy and talking to the camera that we saw the camera person. So there's a lot to absorb here, but basically as a summary, the remaining 12 players in the game between the three tribes are going to randomly draw for two new teams, a blue team and a yellow team. Whichever team wins this challenge will be safe at the merge and get a merge feast. The losing team gets no feast, and they are the only six players that are eligible to go home at the next tribal council. They then will have a chance to compete for individual immunity to be safe at that tribal. However, all 12 players will still vote. So that would mean if six people, meaning the losing team and then one of Erica or Nasir, um, have to fight for immunity, that means one person is safe. That means L12 vote and only one of five people could go home at the next tribal council. So that's basically what the twist is. Now, I guess I'll say what I was saying earlier, where I'm not a fan of this. I don't like that half the, half the merged tribe is eligible. I think the beauty of Survivor and other shows like Big Brother, the beauty is that many people have a chance to go home and there are many different ways that moves can be made. And I think that if you limit the strategic options of the players, it makes it, I don't want to say more predictable, but I feel like it just makes it not as exciting when your options go from this much to this much. And I think it can get even more hazy if if Erica makes the decision that she has to make at the end, at the end of the episode. Um, I, I sounds like sounds like you're more positive on it than myself. So, I just don't like how half the tribe is already safe and so only again, like five people can go home. Yeah, so I think you make a good point. In my head, this to me is basically just like a complex swap. Now, again, they're, they are quote-unquote merged. They're living on one beach. Everyone is going to tribal council. Um, but at the same time, only one tribe is uh, – only one half of the – only one half of the crew or the tribe, I should say, the merged tribe, only one half is going to end up going to tribal council and being at risk. So to me, this is just like a complex um, tribe swap where both tribes are going to vote. You know, do you get, do you get what I mean, Ryan? Um, so that, that's yeah. kind of why, that's yeah. kind of why, I, and then, and then honestly, after that, it'll probably go back to normal and then that'll be like a true merge vote. No, no, no. Yeah. This is, yeah. I, I guarantee you, this is just for one vote. This is not right. going to be your yeah. two new. So, so to me, it's just like, all right, it's one twist for a week. And then I think we're going to have a basic, basically. So we have 12 left right now. We'll have basically a real merge vote at 11. So I think I'm okay with this right now. Again, unless somebody completely gets swap screwed, then I may have a problem with it, but we'll have to see what happens next week. Now to get a little bit more in depth here and explain the details. So everyone drew rocks for tribes. There were 12 people. So you had on the yellow, uh, yellow split here for the yellow team. You had Xander, Tiffany, Liana, Shannon, Heather. And then for blue, we had Danny, Deshaun, Ricard, Evie, and Sydney. No team for Nasir, no team for Erica. Blue team ends up winning what was an amazing, amazing challenge, in my opinion. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was extremely tough. Um, and then this blue team had to decide, Nasir, Erica, who was going to go to Exile Island. And I'm happy they named the island this time, by the way. Exile, <laughs> Exile, finally Exile Island. It's finally called Exile Island. So they get to go to Exile Island, and then the other one joins them for the merge feast and joins them as being safe. Um, again, this was a very interesting de decision, um, because there were three Luvu members on this blue tribe and they had to decide between two Luvu members. Um, Danny with a classic, we decided from rock, paper, scissors, clearly he explains later that he, you know, they, cho they chose to see her because 
he they were ner- they were nervous that Danny and Deshaun were nervous that you know the women are trying to vote out all the men. Um, so they kept Nasir. Um, I was somewhat surprised by that. I thought they were just going to play the neutral party and go, well, we know Nasir could survive out there by himself. Yeah. He's going to take Erica and that's where we're going to use their explanation. I'm kind of surprised that they did that. What were your thoughts on the decision to send Erica? What were your thoughts on the decision? You know, just the, in general, you could thoughts on the challenge. Like what were your thoughts on this segment of the episode? Yeah. Well, I mean, the challenge itself was obviously very fun. I, I, I love a classic survivor challenge where it's mostly, uh, it has the physical portion at the start, some dexterity, and then at the end it's solved by a puzzle. Because if, if it was all physical, the more dominant tribal win every time. The puzzle is always the great equalizer where people can always come back if the puzzle is always very tricky. Oh, yeah? Go ahead. But but, but low-key, the physical portion was so intense in this challenge that Danny was basically a... Uh, steroids for that for that for that blue team which was hilarious oh, yeah, I, mean, I i i, lo- I absolutely love watching that i mean danny is your stereotypical challenge beast but he also has a lot of game to him which is oh. which is why i really like danny and he's one of my favorites on this cast so far and it was awesome to see him basically put the entire team on his back um for that challenge but yeah go on what you were saying you just had to well i mean yeah i mean the minute that they randomly drew you knew like i mean the <laughs> fact that you have i mean i guess i poor poor xander xander's got to do a lot of things by himself um and yellow did fight back i'll give them credits getting to the puzzle but um yeah no when you have xander and then i mean listen tiffany's been good at some challenges but she struggled in others and poor heather poor heather is just getting exposed out there with some of these physical challenges but um yeah, so going back to your question, though, with the decision, I also thought that uh, it would be the easiest thing to get away with, that Nasir can survive on his own, so he can go for two days, and he he's very happy-go-lucky, he should have no problem with this, but, you know, it makes sense from a lot of other perspectives, because like Danny says, they perceive the women have the numerical advantage, and they do, women outnumber the men, I think, by two people so far, and they think that the women are voting out the men, so they want to keep Nasir safe. Also, if you remember from last episode, Nasir believes that he, Danny, and Deshaun have a final three together, and he thinks he's in with them. And I guess Danny thinks to himself, if Deshaun and I look like we're making the decision, then we don't want Nasir to feel like we left him out. So that's another reason why to bring him in. And then third reason is because if you want to take out Erica because you think she might be a dangerous threat, and Deshaun has been clearly gunning for Erica for a few weeks now, um, it makes sense that they would put her on the island, which kind of ostracizes her, makes her the odd woman out out of the 12 people, and she's likely to go home. So I get that. What I don't get, Dylan, is the rock, paper, scissors of it all. Because I I, I swear to God, because for those who don't know, um, Dylan and I usually split roles for the podcast. We sometimes like flip every week, but Dylan usually handles the social media, and I usually take some of the notes just so we're kept on pace. I was typing notes, so I thought I just looked down and missed the rock, paper, scissors. I come to realize there was no rock paper scissors at all danny just completely is like oh we did rock paper scissors and erica's like no you, you didn't do that you just decided to send me there i'm like what is what why I, so i thought this was actually funny and i thought it was a look in my opinion this was this was a pretty i'm gonna i'm gonna actually call this a somewhat smart move by danny because he had to answer jeff's question obviously but he wasn't going to like give a real reason because no matter, even if he gave a fake reason, okay. If he gives a fake reason and it's just like, if he gives, or I should say, if he gives a fake strategic reason and it's like, oh, well we did this because of this and it's not really true. Someone is going to perceive this some way. Someone's going to get insulted. Anything you say is, is, is going to be taken um seriously in terms of strategy. So what he does okay. here is, is he's kind of just like, 
we did rock, paper, scissors, and he kind of just takes all the strategic aspect out of it. And this way makes it this way. No one's kind of questioning his strategy except for Erica. Would you, um, hypothetical, would, would it have been more believable or less sloppy if, and, and Erica probably like, like, uh, Ohio state fan says in the chat, Erica, like would, probably would have thought they were lying anyway. Like she clearly, wasn't right. Exactly. So exactly. So do you so. think the most believable thing that the tribe overall could have heard was clearly Nasir has been putting Lubu on his back. Nasir is the reason why they've won a lot of their challenges. Could they have just simply said Nasir was the reason why, you know, our tribe won a lot. Nasir, this is the first food we're getting in a lot in a long time. Nasir should be rewarded for his efforts. Uh, like, do you think that that would have been like even cleaner? Because well, here's but, but here's what I'm saying though. So now I'm again I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, but this is like what what this is why it was smart for Danny to just kind of avoid the question is because now if he says the seer is going to be rewarded for what he did for our tribe, and now everyone's saying well now those three those three or four on Luvu might be really tight. That's one thing people are thinking. Okay, fair, two people two people are think are two people are thinking well now the seer is a huge challenge threat, and obviously they're they're seeing this. Obviously they're they're seeing the seer perform at challenges in in other. In, in you know in the in the in the tribal immunity challenges they're seeing this year perform um but they're they're thinking you know the thought crosses their mind now they're like mm, this year kind of is a big challenge threat like maybe he is an ideal merge merge boot so all these thoughts could be popping into you know other players heads to me if he says rock paper scissors i don't even think much of it and i just say okay well he's probably not telling the truth but we don't really know anything else so i think it's just a good way to just avoid it and i to me that was a smart move by danny even though it was pretty comical yeah, I mean, and and then another thing that I just was laughing at was that I people were sharing this on Twitter that if you go to then to the merge feast, this is where Danny says we chose Nasir because we think the men are getting taken out, so we wanted to keep Nasir safe with the men. And then he uh, he turns to Evie, he's like, Evie, we're concerned that you're getting rid of all the men, and Evie's like, no, that's not happening. And everybody shares her cast bio where it's like, what is her pet peeve, men? And I'm like, uh oh, so Danny. I- I actually think Danny made the wrong choice by like admitting that at the merge feast. But I also, yeah. th- I also think that was where I thought he could have went wrong. I also think he could have been just taken as like joking. Like he kind of said it in like a jokingly way where like, I don't think Evie really took him that seriously. Um, so look, I, Danny has a lot going for him. If there was one slip up he had this episode, it was that, but I don't think that they took it that seriously when he said it, like he had a smile on his face. They were enjoying meal. I don't think anyone really took it that seriously. Um, but I want to get to this Erica decision. Um, and we could talk about the decision she has to make simply because, you know, we're going to talk about Erica going to Exile Island right now. So we may as well just get into the decision she has to make and then talk about the different tri- uh, alliances that seem to be forming on, sure. the, on the Merge Tribe. Sure. But Erica sent out, she has to stay there for two nights, two days, um, which is very tough. She has to, you know, make fire herself. She kind of has a little bit of rice, but not that much. And, you know, Jeff shows up, which, as you said, is an incoming huge survivor, is, is going to be a meme by tomorrow or by tonight. Um, Jeff pulling up on the boat to Exile Island. And he presents her with the option of you could flip the game on his head right now and you could you can make sure you could save yourself right now. If you go back to uh, to the tribe, as is, you are going to be on the on the chopping block, potentially with this with the five that did not win immunity. So it would be you plus the five, so that would make six. So you guys would have to, you know, fight for immunity, and then one of you six would be one of you, one of the five, the five who don't win immunity would one of them would be going home. So you could put yourself in that situation and change nothing, or you could smash the uh, hourglass that was given to you, and you would be safe next time. At least that's how we perceived it—that she would be safe next time. But the other, 
the other six that the other six that had won or the five that had won plus Nasir, they would be uh, now at now at risk. So they would be potentially voted out, and the others that lost the challenge would be safe. So I know that has a lot to explain. Basically, she could just reverse who won, who won the immunity in the game's eyes, and she could potentially make herself safe while doing so. So this is a big decision to make. I, personally, I don't think it's a... Again, I think Erica is in trouble no matter how you slice it here. Obviously, she may not be in trouble for this vote, but I think she'd be in trouble for next vote. Um, Jeff seems Jeff, Jeff is kind of painting it out as like one of the biggest decisions in Survivor history. Obviously, I think based on Erica's position, this is this is not going to play as, as much of an impact on the game as uh, as Jeff may think. I think it'll completely depend on who goes home next time. Again, this could all change. My perception could all change based on what happens next time. Um, but I think, in my opinion, and then I'll let you, you know, talk about this for a while because I've been talking a while right now. I think that I'm kind of torn on it because every single time somebody seems to be given power in this season, it seems like it's like a negative. You know, like people find the advantages and we're like, oh, wait, well, now Xander could now, now Xander's at risk of, uh, you know, getting his advantage stolen. Now Xander can't vote. You know, now this now Shan can't vote. Like, you know, it's all this like stuff. There's so much negative that comes with finding advantage this season. So part of me is like, maybe she just dukes out for immunity next week and just goes back into the game and just lets things happen. But at the same time, if she thinks she's on the voting, if she thinks she potentially could be going home, which again, it seems like she she could be going home based on the stuff we saw back at camp, then it's a no brainer to just save yourself. Because as we've seen in Survivor history, everything could change after one vote. So if you just make all it is, you just got to survive in advance. The, the classic sad Sandra method, anybody but me. And she just has to worry about tonight and say, you know what? I may be going home. I don't know what happened at camp. The best thing to do is just save myself and deal with the people that are mad at me later. And it turns out the people that would be quote unquote mad at her are planning on voting her out anyway. So it is the right move in my opinion for her to smash the hourglass and take immunity and send Danny, Deshaun, Nasir, Ricard, Evie, and Sydney to immunity challenge. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a lot to unpack here. If we, if we didn't have enough already from the merge twist itself, now this hourglass twist is, um, is, is uh, a lot to unpack. I, I, I think, again, I, I don't like this one either. I mean, this episode for me was interesting for the merge, but I just was not a fan of some of the decisions they made on the production side of this. Um, I just feel like, like you said, a good point. They're punishing people for playing the game, which is not always a great thing. And I just think it's really powerful. The fact that, um, and, and and maybe I'm thinking of myself if I was playing the game and I won and I fought super hard for an immunity challenge, like just to have that erased because you smashed a hourglass, I feel like it's just really unfair. Like it's bad enough that half the tribe is vulnerable at tribal only, but now those who are safe are not. And I just think that's a little unfair to those players in general um and then again no one ever said survivor was fair it's not but it just does seem a little bit just icky though um and and i do think it puts erica like you said in a tough spot because i think she could be in danger either way whether if she does if she if she doesn't smash it and she keeps everything the same then people still want to vote her out like sydney still wants to get rid of her and uh danny still wants to get rid of her if she does smash it they're going to be pissed I and mean, she does smash it and she becomes safe. Yeah. She's safe for that night, but they could easily just be pissed at her. And then she might be the target next week. So either way, she's not in a great spot. Um, my thoughts actually were kind of summarized by green Bay Packer fan here, which I was going to say in a second, but I'll give um, them the credit as well. 
she, she has to smash it, Dylan. I think you would agree. You have to smash it here for two reasons. One, like Sanders always says, your safety is paramount compared to everybody else. If you're not safe, you could always go home, whether it's you do an idle, idle nullifier, uh, a twist. You have to ensure, ensure your safety. So she has to smash it. Second reason is because if she doesn't smash it, like Green Bay Packer fan says, um, there, she could be leaving out details. She could be lying and people will doubt her. And if you leave any room for doubt or speculation, it only becomes even trickier for her. But I think mainly it's that um, it's that first point that you have to ensure your safety. And she's not going to want to come home, Dylan, and be seen as the player who, oh, you had a chance at safety and you didn't take it. Like she's not going to want to have that audience reaction to it. She has to smash it. And I think she's going to. Yeah, I think she's definitely going to also. Um, and I think that Green Bay Packer fan in the chat makes a great point that I honestly didn't even like consider is that like people could perceive that she has something else and that's a very real thing she just needs to ensure safety and give her some time to make relationships because once again once she's merged all bets are off everything could change um and we know that we've seen it a million times uh it's ne- survivor is never what it seems so much is constantly changing she just needs to give her some chance a ch- herself a chance to integrate in the tribe i think that it's a no-brainer for her at this point to smash it i don't I, if, if she does if she doesn't smash it Unless she wins immunity, she's going home. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so personally, I think she is going to smash it. Um, and I'm curious to see, you know, what happens. Obviously, if she does smash it, then we would have Danny, Deshaun, Ricard, Evie, Sydney, and Nasir going to an immunity challenge in which Danny would presume, depending on what it is, Danny is presumably a favorite to win that. Um, pretty heavy favorite, I would say. Again, depending on what it is. If it's a balancing type thing, maybe, maybe he's not. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, but let's, you know, we can talk about what we think is going to happen next week. But first, I want to talk about what happened when both tribes, uh, aside from, but when everyone except for Erica was back at camp, because there were some interesting things happening. I think that, you know, lay the groundwork for the rest of the game. Yeah, um, there's and- a lot. There's a lot of interesting things here, and, and I'm excited to get into it because there are some really cool things and some really bad things. I do want to say uh, I, we're, we're getting a lot of great audience interaction tonight, uh, a lot of great comments and also questions. So um, keep. And actually, it's really cool, Dylan, because I don't know if you, you see this, but not only are we getting questions, but people are also answering each other's questions, which is pretty cool. So at the end of the show, uh, in case you're new here or in case you joined halfway through, once we get through the episode summary, we are going to take questions and comments. So keep them rolling in. And then like we did earlier, we'll flash it on the screen and we'll go over it. But go ahead, Dylan, say basically what's going on back at camp. Yes, for sure. And once again, I want to thank everybody who is commenting live. Yeah. That's amazing, amazing. Um, obviously, we love doing this for the audience interaction, so it's absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to get started here. So obviously, merge feast happens. We we discussed that a lot. Um, but then you know, basically, what we expected to happen sort of happens when we get back to um, to camp, and is that Shan and Liana are bonding. But now Shan makes one of her, in my opinion, major mistakes. Um, right when they get back to camp and for, you know, this is kind of, you know, Shan, she has to have, um, you know, this is these last few days have had to have had a mental toll on her. She's gone to tribal council so many times. She's been arguing with Ricard and she was seemed to be so excited to talk to Liana finally um, at the merge. And next thing you know, she's blurting out about her about having an advantage right in front of Tiffany. She doesn't know any, Shan does not know anything about Tiffany at this point. Um, unless she heard from Liana that they were pos- that they were working together, which probably she did, but she doesn't know anything about Tiffany other than that. So for her to you know just kind of blurt that out in front of Tiffany is risky. And we see tonight 
that Tiffany, you know, they, she kind of had the edit that, you know, she was kind of, you know, going to be the one that, you know, kind of didn't always know what was going on, kind of was just kind of going along with everything. But she is very clearly a player in this game, very clearly playing the game and possibly playing it quite well. And she she seems like she has the personality. And Liana mentions this, that would have no problem blurting things out or just kind of blowing people's games up. So this was definitely an awful move by Shan. I want to throw that out there. And two, it puts Liana in an incredibly tough, tough spot because now one more person uh, knows the advantage um, besides Shan. So that, and, and again, it's, it's an absolutely huge advantage. Like Tiffany says she kind of, it would be fine getting out Xander. Um, but like at the same time, like if she wants to play with Xander at some point, she can easily just go and tell him like Liana has this advantage. Like you may be screwed in this case. Um, so this is a, you know, crazy move by Shan to do that, especially if you're planning on playing the rest of this game with Liana. I think not only does it leave a bad, bad uh, taste in Liana's mouth, um, but it, you know, it leaves a bad it leaves a bad taste in Tiffany's mouth because she's like, well, you know, how are we so tight? But you didn't tell me any of this. So I think that, you know, Liana was kind of inadvertently put in a tough spot there and there was nothing she really could have done about it, which is unfortunate for her. Um, and I think that she is going to have to scramble a little bit to get herself out of this potentially later in the game. Yeah, I, I got to think what you're saying happened where I have to think off off camera there was a conversation where kind of like Nasir and Xander were talking, Oh, are we cool. Yeah, we're cool. I won't gun for you. You won't gun for me. We're fine. I got to think there was a conversation where Shannon Liana, who we know are very tight from their trip to the summit. Um, I got to think they chatted and then Liana's like, okay, by the way, I don't know how you are with Ricard, but I'm cool with Tiffany. We can work with her, which is why Shan probably said that in front of Tiffany. Cause there's in no world, even if Shan is exhausted from tribal, in no world, Dylan, is Shan just blurting out randomly in front of Tiffany, who she doesn't even know yet, oh, you got your advantage, right? Like, there has to have been a conversation where the three of them said, we'll, we'll stay tight, don't worry about it. But even if so, even, even if, if they had yeah. a conversation, it is incredibly sloppy. It's not up to Shan whether she can talk about Liana's advantage in front of Tiffany without having known she has it. Like, if, if Liana pulled her aside with Tiffany and said, hey, I wanted the th three of us to chat – Tiffany knows about the advantage already. Let's work together to figure out how we can use it as a group. That's fine. That's fine. The fact that you didn't know yet and you just blurted it out puts Liana in a bad spot. I think Shan is lucky though, Dylan, because like we see later with the uh, four-person alliance forming, Shan and Liana are likely each other's final two. They're likely going to go to the final two together. Um, and this won't impact. They both had confessionals where they each said we got very close at the summit together. Even though Liana's probably annoyed at Shan, I don't think this is going to break the relationship. Uh, the relationship that is going to break, though, I think Tiffany and Liana could fracture very soon, honestly. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, look, there's, and again, there's a, there's a lot, you know, that could possibly happen with Liana with Tiffany, but I do want to discuss this uh, four-person alliance. Now, yes. if me, if now the, for the, the four-person alliance for, you know, people that need to be reminded, um, that seems to be forming and looked like it could have a major role in this merge is Liana, Shan, Deshaun, and Danny. Now, if me and you were to create uh, a four-person power ranking before tonight's episode of the four that we thought were playing the best games, then that would probably be the four. Um, so to see them align is extremely exciting, in my opinion, because I think we get some exceptional gameplay. And I also think it was the right move for pretty much everybody involved. So I, I am excited to see this, uh, how this plays out like 101 million percent. I think it's going to be very entertaining.
Yeah, no, I think this is a very, very, very powerful thing. Um, like we heard from Danny and Deshaun and also from Liana and Shan, they want to stick together and look out for look out for each other. Um, and they talk about the importance of this being a diverse cast. And I, I think it's very important that we see not only on Survivor and Big Brother, the new uh, 50% diversity rule. I think like Deshaun sums it up perfectly. Like if anything, like think about one positive. If you have to say one positive, it's like it opens up a lot of options. Like it's, it's kind of like, you know, the metaphor where you're playing pool and then you 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 rack it up and then you you break like it scatters the balls in more directions when you have a cast where there's only one or two people of color the options sometimes get very limited and it becomes a little unfair so i think this is a great thing for the show um and i i really think that these four will stay strong and then they do want to look out for each other because they have that um like like liana said that unspoken bond between them and then earlier in the chat actually um Adrienne, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, was talking about an alliance called the Cookout, which if anybody saw Big Brother, you know what this is, which is actually very similar. And it's pretty weird because this season was filmed before Big Brother 23 this summer. So these uh, four players did not know what happened in Big Brother. So if they just did this on their own, that's actually kind of like eerie, like a, a coincidence. And basically because of the diversity rule where six people of uh, color on Big Brother, they got together like in the first week and made an alliance called the cookout and they actually made it to the final six together, which was a historic thing that happened. It was very impactful. So I'm really excited to see what happens between Liana, Shan, Danny, and Deshaun, especially Dylan. I want to bring this up again with tying this back to the twist because two of them are in each group, whether Erica smashes it or not, Dylan, two of them are in each group. So whether she breaks it or not, and I want, I want to throw it back to you to hear your thoughts on this. Whichever team is safe, those two that are safe, whether it's Liana and Shan or whether it's Danny and Deshaun, they're going to be, be pitching the, to make sure the other two are safe. And then obviously right. once, the, once the tribes all come back together, they'll just keep working together. But they have to ensure for this split vote type of thing that they all remain safe. So I don't think we saw that discussed between them. I'm sure it was. That alone is extremely next level smart if they did it on purpose because – like you said, all four of them, no matter if they have to compete for immunity or not, are likely safe next episode. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think they're safe. If you, have, if you have a strong four, if you have a very strong four like this, then at the merge, even though even though there's you know 11, 11 people or 12 people left, if you have a strong four at the merge and all these people are coming from different tribes, we have one from Yase, we have one from Ua, and we have two from Luvu. They all have people on their tribes that they could bring in for votes, you know, when the numbers are this big, obviously Liana is still close with Tiffany. Liana is still close with Evie. And obviously, you know, Shan for now is with Ricard. And obviously uh, the two guys on Luvu seem to be close with Nasir and seem to be close with Sydney. So this is very easy for them to bring in the numbers that they need. They have, you know, three, you know, four different people from three different tribes, two different, they have two different people on each side of this uh, twist. I think it was a genius construction of an alliance from a strategic standpoint. Um, and let's also talk about Shan is definitely going to catch a lot of heat because she is going to be, it's going to be a lot more visible when there's so many people at the same camp that she's going to be talking to everybody. And she's definitely going to have a target on her back. People are going to know she has the idol eventually. Um, and maybe assume already that she has it because of the, of the saying, even though she told Jeannie that it was like, that people will assume that Shan has the idol. Um, Shan is going to have a big target on her back and for her to align with a player like Danny and a player like Deshaun, two people who could be seen as huge physical threats. I think it brilliantly 
positions her to the point where she has meat shields in front of her. Um, again, maybe she's maybe she is that meat shield though for Danny, and she's that meat shield for Deshaun, where people perceive Shan as a huge threat to the point where um that they're going for her instead of Danny, let's just say, if Danny's dominating challenges. So again, just from all players involved, I think it was a genius construction and it benefits pretty much everybody in that all the all four of those players. Yeah, I'm gonna be really interested to see how this plays out, mainly because like we, we know from Jeff, this is gonna be a two-part episode. Unless I think next week is probably only an hour and we're probably gonna see uh Erica come back, that them have an immunity challenge and then the fallout, like the pre-tribal scramble and then the vote. So well, basically, this is basically is a two-hour episode that's broken up into one hour. So I guess what I'm curious to think about before we dive into some questions and comments, unless you have anything else from the episode, Dylan, is um, let's play this out in two different ways. So if Erica doesn't smash it, I think she will. If she doesn't, then again, like we said earlier, Xander, Tiffany, Erica herself, Liana, Shannon, Heather are all on the chopping block. So from that group, we don't know who's going to win immunity yet, but who do you think is the most likely to go home if she doesn't smash it? So by process elimination here, Liana and Shan, I'm going to assume that they're in a good spot. I think they're safe. Um, Erica would be in trouble. Erica um, for she's sure. A, she's an easy vote. Um, Xander would be in trouble only if they want to make that big move early. But the big thing here is that that Liana needs to consider is that she could do this at any point. She doesn't need to rush it. Obviously, it would be nice for her to have that advantage earlier rather than later. Um, but maybe it's not the smartest move to make the biggest splash like that when there are twelve when there are twelve people at Tribal Council. Maybe wait until there's eight if you can make it that far. If you could hold out. So I think that it would probably be smart for her to wait a little bit, which makes me think that Xander's not in a bad, not in as bad of a spot as people may think. I um, what what I'm just curious what your perception on Xander is in that situation because personally I think that Liana should wait a little bit because otherwise yeah. she's making a huge move in front of everyone and then becomes a huge threat. No, I think you're right. I mean, Le- Xander is a shield for many people. The guys should want to keep him because he's going to be a, a shield. Um, and is and, and if Liana knows he has an idol and she can kind of wait a bit to take it from him, it, I think an idol becomes you know a bit more powerful as you get later into the game when there's less people. So I think she should wait. The question is, does she wait and does she get impatient and does she take him out? Um, I don't think Xander would go home though, only because the way Xander was talking, it sounds like either he wins immunity or he's going to play his idol. Cause at this point, the hourglass has not been smashed yet. And he knows out of the six people left, it's him and the five women. And he clearly is the biggest threat out of all those people. So if it's not Xander, then who I think if he doesn't win immunity, he may just play his idol to be safe unless the guys want to keep him and they take out Erica. So to answer uh, my question, I guess, and what you were saying, I think Xander is the most likely to go home other than, other than possibly Erica, Erica and Xander are the most in trouble. The only other person that could go home from that group, from the yellow group, is maybe Tiffany. And I only say that in, I don't think Liana and Tiffany will fracture yet, but if something happens and Liana just loses it and she's like, you know what? Tiffany has to go. She's way too irrational or too, you know, just crazy as a player. It might be, it might be Tiffany, but I think to answer what you were saying as well, if it's not Xander, it's likely Erica. If she doesn't smash it, Shannon, ha- Shannon, Liana are safe be- with this Alliance. And I don't see anybody going for Heather at the merge. I, I wanna, I, who, who is gunning for Heather at this wait, merge? I, I want to bring up, I want to bring up one thing quickly. So hold on. First of all, devil's advocate to what I was saying. I was saying, if you're Liana, why wouldn't you want to wait just to, you know, not cause shockwaves at tribal council this early in the merge. 
she may think, well, maybe Xander will just play his idol and then I can't, be, I can't have it anymore. Then it just limits my options of whose idol I could take. So me, so look, honestly, that'd be, I would be so happy for Xander if he just plays the idol, make sure he's safe. And then at the same time, doesn't get his idol stolen. So that would be like a great break for Xander, considering it feels like everything has gone against him at this point, but they know Nasir has it also. So I think she'll be able to get an idol somehow. I hope it's not from Xander. Cause I am really just rooting for him to, you know, kind of bounce back from the, bad luck he's given but i want to point out something that i don't even know if i caught it live did you realize how like sydney was throwing out heather's name non-stop during like the the during like the part they showed her like what like first of all we have no idea the reason behind any of this because we didn't see the secret scene they didn't show us the secret scene of the dream right. we needed that right so we needed the dream so i guess are they just assuming people watch the secret scene with the dream like clearly there's tension between them i don't think that like heather's going home because we don't know her yet no. But like, but at the same time, it's like, that was just weird. So, okay. But I want to move on like, like to if, if she smashes the hourglass. Yeah. I was, I was going to say like, like an hourglass, let's flip it. And now let's yeah, see. Let, let's, if, uh, let's flip it. Um, I think that there's a strong chance. I'm going to give it, I'm going to go 80, 20 that she smashed it. I think it's a very strong chance. She smashed it. So let's just say she smashed it. Danny, Danny is an immunity with Deshaun. Um, we again, we like we said before, we think both of those players are going to be safe based on the alliances they made, and that would leave Ricard, Evie, Sydney, and Nasir. Yes, all of who uh, I would say out of those four, Evie, I would say is the safest, and then I would think that it would come down to Sydney, Nasir, and Ricard. Nasir has his idol, but it could be stolen. This could be sure. a good opportunity to steal it, and again. Again, she may not want to make shockwaves, but if she thinks like I was saying, my devil's advocate to myself, maybe she just wants to get in her possession so it's not played. So Nasir could be an option, but then at the same time, you'd think, well, maybe Danny and Deshaun will let that happen, but maybe they will. Sydney would be an option, but at the same time, maybe Danny and Deshaun will let that option. And this makes me think, Ricard, does Shan want to do it yet? Because this could be a prime opportunity to do it. I don't think that anyone would have an opportunity. I don't think anyone would have a problem voting him out because he's on the tribe of two. So the only person who has ties to him at this point is Shan. And I'm thinking that Ricard could be in trouble if this hourglass is smashed. Um, again, I think it would be down to one of those three, Ricard, Sydney, and Nasir. Um, but I think I think Ricard as a merge boot may make sense. Um, but the question is, is Shan going to want to turn that fast? And I don't know if she will. I honestly, I'm a little skeptical that she will. I, I can't imagine she does it this quick. Like, I mean, because I still don't think they're going to vote for each other yet. I feel like you can maybe wait a little bit longer because there's um like, again, we, we go back to the intentional math thing where if you lose a lot of challenges and you go into the merge with depleted numbers, you can just lock yourselves in for the end there as long as you don't mess up because Luvu hasn't lost. They're going to want to take shots at each other. We're already seeing it. And Yase probably wants to take a shot at Luvu. And Yase, clearly, between Tiffany and Liana, and Liana versus Xander, they already want to go for each other as well. So Shannon Ricard don't have to do that much to get through to the final 7-6. Then they can flip on each other. I don't think she's going to do it yet. I do think that this is very interesting. I think also if she smashes it, this is the more interesting outcome. I think a lot of crazy things will happen if she smashes it because... I would have a hard time picking between Ricard, Nasir, Evie, and Sydney of the four who would be the most likely to go home. Um, just because I feel like there's a lot of different ways it could shake out, and I'm not really sure. I would think Sydney's safe only because, yes, Danny wants a girl to go home, but I think he really um, 
I think he and Deshaun and Sydney clearly get along because they were scheming together back at Luvu. So I don't think he wants to let her go. So then if a girl has to go, they might want to turn on Evie. So that's why I disagree yeah. with like she could go home. But but then the easiest thing for Liana is Dylan, she does not want to miss with this advantage. Because if you miss, you lose it. She has one shot. She knows Xander has an idol or an advantage, whatever, whatever he has. And she knows Nasir has an idol. So she could easily say, I'm not going to miss. I can ask Nasir before we vote, do you have one? And he has to give it to me. So I actually think Nasir or Evie could be in the most danger. So she messes up. You actually make a lot of good points. I think when you put it like that, I think I could see Evie being voted out. Because when you think of this power alliance of four, now I'm assuming that this alliance is not going to be broken up immediately because they really seem to lay the groundwork for that. So Danny and Deshaun, they're going to they're gonna have to probably, they could possibly have to give something up here in order to stay in this alliance because mm-hmm. they're going to go to bat for both Sydney and Nasir. But they're going to ultimately have to make a decision let's just say that Evie happens to not be on the chopping block. I assume that they will probably pitch Evie and pitch record in this scenario because it makes the most sense for them. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking back to what Danny said, and he keeps saying he wants to keep the men. It is interesting that they keep kind of including that in there. Um, maybe they could turn up, maybe they would turn on Sydney. Um, but it seems like it would be so short sighted for them to turn on Sydney this soon because she I think so. so locked with them. Sydney, so I, D- Dylan, Sydney is focused in on either Heather or Erica. She's not thinking about the guys at all. It would be a mistake to get right. rid of Sydney. Right, right, exactly. So I think that Danny and Deshaun are going to have a big decision to make here. Personally, if I'm them, I'm just getting rid of Nasir because you you could you could deal with losing him, uh, and you get rid of his idol in the process. Um. And you keep a more loyal ally, Sydney, because you know Nasir is the type of player that could blow everything up for you if he just talks too much. And I could see him yeah. doing that. So here, here's what I think. I, I I think this might happen, and I want it to happen because I've never seen this done on Survivor, but I've seen it done on Big Brother. And if this is a four-person alliance in a tribe of twelve, clear, like I'm not doing Brad Culpepper math. Four does not go into twelve, <laughs> so clearly they don't have the numbers yet. Right. But right. if you have some type of like an onion alliance. Or you have an, like a basically in Big Brother, they also call it like a parachute alliance. That's the safest way to go. Because here's what happens you have a core four of Liana. Uh, actually, this past season on Big Brother, uh, Tiffany, there was actually a Tiffany on Big Brother. So I'll try not to get, not to get it confused. There, uh, you have Liana, Tiffany, Danny, and Deshaun. If the four of them each get a parachute where they each pick up an extra player, now you make it a secret alliance of eight. They and, and then they don't know about the four, but you have eight people working together. You then systematically pick off the remaining four uh, that are not in your parachutes. Then you're left with the eight. And then you systematically pick off your parachute. And then you're left with four. That's the master plan. So for example, if Liana says, I have Tiffany. Shan says, I have Ricard. Danny says, I have um, I have Heather. And then um, Deshaun says, I have Sydney. Then that leaves Erica and Nasir on the outs, along with Evie and Xander, you pick off the four outsiders, you now have your parachute of eight, and then the remaining four of Liana, Shan, Danny, and Deshaun then pick off their parachutes, and then they're left at four. I feel like that's the cleanest way to go. Maybe that's just like Big Brother talking and Survivor that's way harder, but that was just a quick thought that I had. And I also thought that they were potentially planting the seeds for Nasir's idol to be taken, because... They like, like they were like, if you're a viewer, you're kind of thinking, well, it's Liana. She knows Xander. She's going to take Xander's. But then they kept, they keep like, they kept like tonight, they kept uh, like having the, well, we could take, uh, 
well, we could take Xander's idol or Nasir's. She kept saying or Nasir's, and I was like, hmm, like maybe she, maybe she wants, maybe she thinks she feels just you know comfortable with Xander. Like I know maybe she doesn't want to work with him, but like for now, she feels comfortable with him. So I do think that Nasir is probably in trouble in this scenario um, if she smashes the hourglass. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to read the edit, but. And again, I, I try not to do this, but it's as a viewer, it's and as a big fan, it's very hard not to read the edits. You know, Nasir was like, "I made the merge. I'm so happy. I have an idol. Like I'm having a lot of fun. Like, oh, I'm, I got picked. I'm safe." Like it almost felt like they were setting him up for a foreshadowing fall. So I don't want to say that's going to happen because I, I love Nasir so much, but I could see it happening for sure. Right. Right. All right. So. A lot of there was a lot to lot to dissect there. I think one of the reasons I like this episode so much is because there was so much strategy and alliances forming, and I also think we got a lot of good like character moments, confessionals. Um, obviously, there was only one challenge in this in this entire uh, episode, so we did get to see a lot of strategy and a lot of character moments, unlike several other episodes this season. So I really did like that. But let's get to questions from the chat right now. Yep, yep. I'm going to pull them up. I'm going through them, and I, again, like we said earlier. There was a lot of great audience interaction. It looks like from the um, the live viewers, there's like eight or so right now, but a lot of people have been hopping in and out. So it's great to see it. Um, this is the first question that I saw from Julia. So we actually talked about this early on in the podcast, but maybe Julia hopped in a little bit after we started. So she asked, what do you think about Ricard and Chan's relationship going forward? I guess just to, re- to go back to this, uh, Dylan and I were saying, and Dylan can tell me if I'm wrong or not. We think that they're going to stay together for the short term. Like in the early merge, they'll stick it out. Come the final seven, six, like once you start getting to the end game, I think they're going to fracture. I don't think they're going to go to the end together, mainly because Shan now has Liana and clearly they're starting to have distrust. So I think short term, they may stick together for a few more votes, but I would not be surprised if they fracture down the road. So how I'm right now, all I'm trying to figure, I think it's going to fracture hundred percent. I'm figuring out, trying to figure out when and who's going to do it to who. Now, again, Survivor has given us several misleading edits in the past. Last, you know, season 40, we were sitting here pre-merge saying, well, who's going to vote out who? Is Michelle going to vote out Wendell? Is Wendell going to vote out Michelle? And then there was kind of no ending to that. Like, like, you know what I mean? It was like Survivor has given us these, you know, well, you know, right now we think that Shan's going to vote at Record or Record's going to vote at Shan at some point. Um, but we don't know. Maybe it hap- Maybe one of them gets voted out um, based on some other people doing it, not them. Personally, I think that it's almost seemed like Ricard's getting, you know, the villain villain edit. So I'm almost wondering if Ricard potentially later in this game could be the one that fractures that four person alliance by possibly turning on Shan. Who knows though? All I all I'm saying is that my thoughts is that it's headed for an inevitable fracture. Probably, honestly, I don't know whether it's sooner or later, but eventually it will happen. I just think, like I said, if you are in the Malcolm and Denise spot where your tribe is decimated and you're in the merge and other people are going to take shots at each other, I feel like they don't, Ricard and Shan don't have to do that much. I just feel like as long as Shan stops bringing up the extra vote, because now that she has it, I think they'll be fine. If the the conversation comes back up at some point, they're going to be in some hot water. And as for who would turn on who... I don't know. I, I could see Shan doing it to Ricard. Like, like Ricard keeps saying, I'm not, I'm going to just going to put it on the back burner. I'm just going to ignore Shan. I'm not going to let it get to get to me. I could see Shan just getting really, really sneaky and trying to do it, but I hope she doesn't, but we'll see. Um, the next question I saw came from Hokey survivor fan. I think we already answered this, um, but just to clarify the rules, since this was a very confusing merge twist, why a lot of people didn't like it. Um, 
will the entire tribe be voting for the five that's not immune or will only the five vote? So as far as we know from the episode, all 12 are going to vote. And if only, and let's just say one person from the six wins immunity, then five people are eligible, but all 12 vote. Yep. Okay. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, let's see. I know there were a few more questions as I'm going through this. Um, again, if you have any other questions while we're going through this, please feel free to add them to the chat. Um, absolutely love to see this, by the way. Definitely our, uh, highest engaging podcast so far of the season. I think it happened last season as well with the merge or with, uh, one of the blinds. It happened around this time yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so first of all, love to see it. Also, um, while Ryan is looking through questions here, I would like to say, um, we've had, you know, we've had, we had Davey on this season from season 37 already. Yeah. So I want to know, you know, if you're in here, if you're commenting, feel free to drop in the comments, any other potential, uh, former contestants that you want us to try and get on the podcast and we will try to see what we could do. Um, obviously all, all for that. So if you have any ideas for people that we, we should have on the podcast, drop it in the comments and we would love to hear your feedback and try to make it happen. So, all right, let's get to Andrew's question who says, okay, who the hell is in trouble? Erica smashes it. Yeah. So- and I, I think we said Dylan that we are on the, on the boat of 80, 20, or even 90, 10. We think yeah, she smashes it. We think she has to smash it because yeah. you just gotta just, especially not being with the tribe, for two days you gotta just you gotta just smash it and stay alive um and then who's in trouble we we sort of just you know went over all that so i don't know i'm not gonna get it there's so many different things that can happen i don't want to get like too deep into that again so yeah i mean i I guess just to summarize since that was a a long segment we did if she smashes it i think it's either evie or nasir if i have to pick one i'll say nasir but i think it could be evie if she doesn't smash it it could be erica herself or xander though that, that that's my that, that's my final answer on that whole thing. you know and i once again so many players have come out and said this season you go out there to play a big game to play survivor mm-hmm. erica's got barely gotten any action she's been on the tribe with no, that's been safe every time oh. she's been dying to play this game she is smashing that thing so this is a really great point from Ohio State fan that I completely forgot that we haven't taken into account yet. I wonder if Evie and Deshaun, which maybe will bust up my theory, bonding earlier in the season will have an impact on him wanting to keep her around. So that's a really good point because I, for some reason, forgot about the cross-tribal lines. That Again, we've said on this podcast, we love the cross-tribal interactions. We want more of that in the future. Um, that could have an impact on who's safe now and who's not safe, especially when you have a split, safe, not safe tribe like this. So to quickly recap, Dylan, um, who have we seen interact so far that's still in the game? Danny, JD, and Xander went to the first summit, but JD's gone. So now you have Danny and Xander who have a connection. And I feel like as bigger guys, they're not going to want to go for each other. So that's a connection. You have Evie and Deshaun, like Ohio State fan says. You have Tiffany and Sydney from the nighttime summit, but they didn't get along. But but wait, back, back to that looked like they were getting along today i mean maybe maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Oh, and, good to see you and and this is but they were like walking and talking and discussing votes who knows if they're actually together but what i was gonna say is that to me if you if and okay she's originally from beverly hills but she lives in new york right now um i'm you know I, i'm just gonna throw this out there i'm pretty sure that sydney is jewish tiffany talking in hebrew today on the episode shout out to her uh also seems to be jewish so i look maybe there is a connection there more than we know to new york people because she said she lives in new york right now 
you never know. But anyway, yes, keep going with what you were saying. And then I think the last connection is obviously, unless I'm forgetting one at this point, the last connection is Liana and Shan, and clearly they're going to work together. So Liana and Shan, Evie and Deshaun, Tiffany and Sydney, and excuse me, Danny and um, Xander. So those are the cross tribal lines. So this is really interesting to think about. And we'll have to think about this before next week's episode and podcast, because those connections may have a big impact on who people want to save from the not safe group for sure. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, we have two more questions unless people add things last minute, but inter- to answer your question, Dylan, Ohio state fan wants us to get Christian. Like, we, we would love to have Christian Christian right, right. from what I've seen on Rob's podcast is an amazing guest and we both are big uh, Christian Hibiki fans. So he would always be welcome on our podcast, but of course, keep letting us know who else you want uh, us to have on as guests. Yes. Um, we'd love to have him. We'll see what we can do. And then Zach Owens writes, how do you think this seer is going to do moving forward? Um, so Dylan, I mean, you can start with what you think, uh, how you think this seer will do moving forward. Again, they could, they, again, I can't see them making so here's why he's in trouble is simply because everyone knows he has the idol and because he seems to be on the outs of this of our theoretical scenarios of well there's a strong four but if they each take one person he's not going to be one of those one person that each of those four members take in what ryan called a parachute alliance so we think he could be in trouble now you could say well he has an idol he could just play the idol they're not going to have a plan to vote him out without liana taking that idol from him because i could see them coming out i could see like Danny and Deshaun being like, well, Nazir has an idol. What are we going to do? And then they go, they go through a whole thing with splitting the votes. And then Liana maybe just says, well, I'm just going to take, maybe Liana just says, um, I'm just going to take his idol and just actually, actually ends up telling them like what she's going to do. Those four will know she has the advantage. The other four that are voting with them will just be told to vote Nasir and they'll just, they'll just vote him out. I don't think they're going to, if she, if he gets voted out, they're not going to risk splitting votes. They're going to take the idol and they're going to, they're going to, split the votes and then liana is going to have the tough tough chore of having to lower her threat level despite everyone knowing she has an idol in her pocket <laughs> i think we've said on this podcast the sears edit has literally been a roller coaster where some weeks people are wanting to get rid of him and he's on the outs and he has to go next episode oh he's a provider we love him we don't want him to go next episode he's done. He, he goes up and down every single week as for where he sits now and how he sits going forward I would say not particularly great. Um, granted, maybe short term. If Danny is, if the edit is telling the truth and Danny really wants to keep the guys around for a few more votes, again, we're at final 12 and the women have, I think, an eight. No, I can't do, I can't do math. <laughs> I think the women have a um, seven to five advantage. I think there's two more women than there are men. So I think Danny may, may, may want to keep that as even as possible. So maybe Nasir will be safe for a few votes. But I think with his idol and Liana knows he has an idol and the fact that some people like Sydney and Deshaun still want to get rid of him at some point. And now with this new core four, maybe of Liana, Shan, Danny, and Deshaun, I don't know how long he will be for the game. I hope he lasts for a while, but I could see him making it. We're at 12. I could see him making it to like nine and then maybe going, but I don't know. And and like, and like you said, his edit's been a roller coaster. So all of a sudden, next week will open up, and and Nasir will be strategizing with Danny and Deshaun. And we'll be like, "Well, there goes that." So mm-hmm. who knows? Okay. So uh, we have. I, I think uh, we have time for like what, like two more questions? Yeah. Look, I'm I'm fine to stay around for however many questions we have. Yeah. I love the I love the we're getting. So keep keep them coming. 
So Kay Bonilla fan has two questions. One of them is more game related. One of them is pretty funny, but um, this one is, will Erica become the villain? Dylan, she had, in case you didn't know, she had the episode title tonight because her quote was, I am looking like a lamb, but I want to play like a lion. So Erica wants to make her impact on the game. We saw this in the pre-merge, which is why Deshaun wanted to get rid of her. So do you think that if she smashes this urn, is she not only going to smash it and be the villain that way, but then actively gun for somebody and then they'll be, and she'll be the reason why that person goes home. I could see her being like the early merge villain. I don't think, again, I don't think she's long for this game simply because where alliances lean, like nobody in Luvu seems to like be in with her unless she like somehow aligns with Tiffany aligns with Evie and like Xander and tries to like get numbers there. I don't see a physical way she gets back into this game in terms of, in terms of like social status. Um, so I could see her being the short-term villain for maybe an episode or two or three. I don't think she'll be the long-term villain. I still think that's Ricard. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm just looking up uh, an answer to this next question. Um, uh, basically, Kay Bonilla had another funny question. Will Heather ever get a confessional again? Um, Dylan, the you can go is, first. While, the, while answer is, the answer is yes. It'll be either... <laughs> here's where she will get the confessional ready she'll get the confessional when they have like videos from family obviously they're not going to fly the family out because of covid um but she'll get if she makes it that far that's where she'll get a confessional or she will get a confessional in the episode where she gets voted out that's where she'll get the confessionals so i can tell you right now because um again i i could be better at this as a fan i should be better at this but people do count confessionals so i have a couple of uh, images right here dylan um she got nothing tonight right no confessionals I don't believe so. So through last week, through episode five, Heather has how many confessionals on the season, Dylan? I would say she has two. She has two. It was literally, literally like the first second of the season. And then it was after she screwed up the challenge. It, that's when it was. It was episode one and episode four. So good job. Right. So that is literally all she has. So I, I don't know what to answer Kay Bonilla's question. I don't know when she'll get it again. It might be not until her, her, uh, her boot episode. But again, like we saw from the uh, secret scene, Heather is hysterical. So I would love to finally get more Heather confessionals. But I don't know. Heather's getting that uh, that purple edit. Right, right. All right. All right. I think that's it for the questions. We got a couple other guest suggestions between Adam, um, Aubrey, Christian, Michelle. We have a couple other guests' ideas. But other than that, I think we got through all the questions. Look – just want to once again thank everyone for joining tonight. Obviously, classic merge, you know, not actually I shouldn't say classic merge episode, a weird merge episode, but classic uh podcast engagement merge episode, I should say. Love when everyone, you know, joins in. Great to have a ton of people commenting with us, with each other in the live chat. Um, once again, be sure to like this video if you're watching, be sure to subscribe to this channel, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Be sure to leave us five-star rating and review on Apple. Um, we had a few people do it this week. Again, we thank everyone so much for everyone who you know leaves the five-star reviews and ratings. It really helps our podcast, and we are truly grateful for it. Also, you can follow us on Instagram uh, and Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod. Feel free to DM us anytime you want. You know, we're reading the DMs. We will. We'd love to answer. So, you know, if you want to just talk Survivor, if you have any questions for us, feel free to DM there. Um, and yeah. Great, great, great podcast tonight, Ryan. And I'm excited to see what next week brings. Dylan, this was a very fun podcast. Uh, controversial episode. I know we covered both the good and the bad 
from it. Uh, again, some people really liked it, some people didn't. But either way, I think we can all agree it gives us a lot to discuss, which is the main reason why we do this podcast and to interact with all the fans. So I'm very glad that we got to do that. And I can't wait to see what next week has in store. All the nice uh, feedback in the comments is always great to see. We really appreciate it. So the thing I would also have to say before we end, and I would be remiss if I didn't say it, is did you catch what the uh, the, the secret puzzle was this episode? Because it was actually very I, I saw it on Twitter because you uh, retweeted it. That I would not, one, I would not have figured that out. Two, incredible for Survivor to dig back into their recent history and be like, this oh. is hilarious. That, that just shows you how amazing Angelina is. Um, the fact that already four seasons later, the one of the puzzles is, can I have your jacket? Also, it's a good plug, Dylan, because if people don't know, in November, we are getting, in addition to Kagiyan, and in addition to Heroes versus Villains, we are getting Micronesia and David versus Goliath on Netflix next month. So that, that is a great uh, tie-in as well. And one other thing I want to say is I think a lot of people are a little skeptical because they kept saying, you know, Jeff kept saying, drop the four, add the one. It's a new era. It's a new era that some people I saw were even questioning, like, maybe they're not really going to have a lot of returnee seasons anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I personally think that 43 or 44, we're getting a returnee season. Don't, again, mm-hmm. don't want to dive into that now, but you could see they're trying to keep the recent history very clear in everyone's head. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to what's next. Um but other than that, like Dylan said, uh, we always appreciate the support. Um, feel free to follow us at Soul Survivor Pod on Twitter. And at this moment, after a long podcast that had a lot of information, we ha- have nothing else for you. Uh, we will see you next week for part two of. <laughs> of it's, 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 it's funny, actually. Episode six, now. part two. Episode six, part two. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's funny. I actually saw. I'm not sure if anyone else has seen this. I saw Dune this past weekend and dune was part one and now i have to wait for part two this is the same thing where i saw part one of the merge i now gotta wait for part two but um other other than that we have nothing else for you so as always grab your torches and head back to camp good night